This is an introduction episode. I've created this podcast as an outlet and tool for healing. I was afraid to create it for a while out of fear of opposition, rejection, failure, confrontation, and self-doubt. But I'm acknowledging those fears and working with them to create something meaningful that's intended to help myself and other people. This podcast is consciously and compassionately created, and this is about being authentic, vulnerable, and speaking my truth. And for everyone listening, I hope this teaches you how to become more authentic, vulnerable, and to speak your truth too. Al Greta Alive is a self-love coach, empowerment speaker, spiritual awakening guide, and adaptive advocate. In the self-love movement, there are no followers, only leaders, creators of their own joy, heroes of their own story, champions of a compassionate world. The Spirit of Self-Love podcast reminds us that we are all miraculous beings with purpose and can help humanity elevate and evolve by returning within. Do you remember who you really are? When we speak our truth, we take a huge step toward liberating ourselves from anything that's made us feel ashamed, guilty, angry, resentful, sad, fearful, or apathetic. Speaking our truth isn't about ego or putting all of our attention on our own suffering. It's a way to accept and validate the aspects of our life experience that are asking to be healed and released. The context and the inspiration of this podcast is my own exploration of adoptee experience, spiritual awakening, and empowerment journey. Because I was an orphan once. And that is me speaking my truth. It was my very first experience of this lifetime. And although I don't consciously remember it, it's still floating around in my subconscious mind. So just like how people ask, if a tree falls in the forest, and no one's there to hear it, does it still make a sound? Well, if you have an experience and you don't remember it, do the vibrations of that experience continuously echo throughout your subconscious mind? Similarly to if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it still make a sound? If an adoptee voices their pain and no one's there to listen to them, does the pain the adoptee expresses matter? I'm not going to leave out the fact that the people around me objected my speaking out about my orphan and adoptee experience because it made them feel uncomfortable. But people need to hear this. Other adoptees out there that are afraid to tell their family members, their friends, the people in their lives that they are depressed, anxious, struggling, or suicidal need to hear that the people in my life objected my experiences too. It was hard. And... I can forgive them for being ignorant and fearful of the darkness that exists in adoption narratives. I can forgive myself for the times I didn't feel like I was able to express my hurt. But now I can do something about it. I had to learn that only I could validate myself and my own experiences. Nobody else. It is assumed that when an orphan is adopted by a new family, whether this family contains relatives or a group of strangers, 
by being placed into this new family, the orphan stops being an orphan and transforms into an adoptee. But being adopted doesn't necessarily make the orphan stop feeling like an orphan. We know through psychological studies that the newborn phase to the first about two years of a person's life is the most crucial stage in human development. It's acknowledged that being an orphan is traumatic by psychologists, psychiatrists, people who specialize in early childhood trauma. However, once an orphan is adopted and the orphan becomes an adoptee, that trauma and pain is ignorantly assumed to magically disappear. The adoptee must be able to openly and honestly express their emotions about how they feel about their experiences. But I wasn't allowed to, was very policed as a young person. So I'm overcoming the way that people used to tell me that I was ungrateful, spoiled, difficult, and over-emotional. I'm overcoming the times I would get scolded and screamed at for crying. I'm overcoming how about a year ago I started facilitating adoption trauma workshops in Boston, Massachusetts. And certain people would tell me about how speaking about my pain hurt them more. They also didn't think that I was a credible source in my own adoptee experience because I wasn't a psychiatrist or someone who specialized in the mind in the way that trauma manifests. People would ask me for better sources. People would ask me, why can't you just be happy? Well, I can be happy. And what makes me happy is that I get to say that I made it out of the most toxic and negative times in my life. What makes me happy is that I can share all that I've been through with other people. What makes me happy is that I can tell people how I've been able to take my pain and transform it into reclaiming my power. What makes me happy is that I can now allow myself to feel joy, embrace, and celebrate liveness without the shame and the guilt I was feeling before. What makes me happy is that I get to help people now. I get to help people because I learned how to help myself. I want you to know that when you work through the things that are hard to work through, you examine the things that are hard to look at, and you make it to the other side, it's so beautiful. It's more beautiful than it is painful. That I promise you. Being honest about who you are and speaking your truth doesn't have to result in alienation. We no longer have to whisper our truth. We no longer have to censor and over-edit our words to be impactful. Your authenticity is your influence. So what makes me happy is that I can finally speak my truth. There is no shame. There is no guilt. So I ask you, beautiful souls and leaders of the self-love movement, are you going to walk this road with me? Are you going to find it in yourself to transform your fear, your pain, your shame, your anger into courage? Because when you do that, you step into your power with the ability to evolve, even alter energy as an alchemist and a miraculous being. 
speaking openly and honestly about my experiences of spiritual awakening and empowerment, that makes me happy. And there was a time when I thought I would never smile, laugh, or feel happy. But here we are. And I'm here to tell you, beautiful souls, that you have the ability to shift yourselves out of whatever hell you feel like you're experiencing. Your body might be full of suppressed anger, apathy, and emotions. You may be afraid of acknowledging and releasing. And you may have all of these negative, self-limiting beliefs and false beliefs about yourself and the people around you. But you can get yourself out of that because there was a way in. It all begins when you admit to yourself that you are tired of it. Are you tired of it? Is there a secret part of you that has become comfortable and used to the very thing that you don't want to experience? If you've become addicted to the very behavior, thought patterns, beliefs, and things that are keeping you feeling low, full of shame, fear, anger, you're going to have to acknowledge that. I had to acknowledge that I am responsible for my happiness, no one else, just as only I can validate myself and my experiences. I define happiness as the ability to awaken gratitude and joy for the present moment. If you are able to let go of the things that have happened and you stop putting so much emphasis and focus on what you think is going to happen or what you don't want to happen and you just zone in on where you are right now, we allow ourselves to shift out of the situations that have kept us feeling powerless. And when we allow ourselves to speak our truth, be authentic, be vulnerable. It gets easier the more you practice, but it works. Thank you for listening today. You are loved so profoundly. Thank you for being here at this time to assist in the evolution of humanity. Thank you for being a leader of the self-love movement. Remember who you really are. Love always, and I'll meet you at the next one.